0: Psalm 84, we've been working our way through the Psalms in the summer of the Psalms, coming now to Psalm 84, and we've been doing this at night, and yet in coming to this baptism, in wanting to give a word not only to Davis and Anna, but to the families of our church as we seek to raise our children in that which is right, what a better way to come in terms of that message than to say, here is the blessing of the Lord in the house of the Lord. Here is the wonder of that worship. Here is the life that we want to continue to model for the little fellows who follow us. And so as we hear these words, certainly we should be overwhelmed again in the wonder of being here, of being brought into the presence of an almighty God to worship, but also then to think, how am I speaking this to my kids, to my grandkids? How am I sharing with them the wonder in that which I speak and do, of the fact that this is the place, this is the space, I... I long to be with his people. And so let's hear that way of discipleship this morning. Psalm 84, to the choir master, according to the Getith, a psalm of the sons of Korah. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God, it stands forever. Let's pray together. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, open your word to us. Teach us your way. Teach us the way that we are to follow. Teach us the way that we're to lead. And do so in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, you know my heart. You know my weaknesses. You know my frailties. You know the ways, Father, in which I, as a broken man, can get in the way of a congregation receiving that word. And so I pray, Father, that by the power of your spirit, you would remove all that, that you would open these hearts and you would open these ears and you would ready these hands to act upon your word, for I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Congregation, beloved of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If anyone comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever does not take his cross and does not follow me is not worthy of me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. See, brothers and sisters, the Christian life is a way of following. It's a life of following Jesus. And we we rejoice in the in the things that we get to do as church to be mindful of those things. That as parents sit here this morning, they remember Davis and Anna coming before their churches and saying, This is the Christ that I believe. He is mine. And hearing that in a public profession of their faith. They embraced the promises of their baptism. They made that promise together, to journey together, following Christ together. With the spouse of his blessing. And so, for all of us, not just for Davis and Anna, that way is still a a difficult one. It's a blessed one, but it's also a hard one. But it is the most blessed and profound and happy way. We give ourselves in all things to following Jesus. And then, to some of us, and as he's given to Davis and Anna this morning, not this morning, To some of us, he gives children. He says, I want you to be sanctified. I want to give you one that you have to model faith for. I want to give you a child who's going to teach you what it is, even as you teach him what it is to follow me. And when they're born, they have to follow us. From the moment they are strapped in that car seat that we're kind of messing around with and we can't figure out all the straps, and some nurse has to help us, we're there. Although Davis, in being very engineering minded, probably had it all together several months beforehand. They have to follow us. And even when they're young, they continue to follow us in a continual game of follow the leader. It's a truth spoken in a poem that I referenced the last time we had baptism, but I didn't read it in full. But I, I read it every time I come around the corner of my desk to go sit in my chair, and, and there's a frame there. And it's the title that I gave our sermon this morning, A Little Fellow Follows Me, and I want you to hear it again. A careful man I want to be, a little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray, for fear he'll go this self same way. I cannot once escape his eyes, whatever he sees me do he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be that little chap who follows me. He knows that I am big and fine and believes in every word of mine. The base in me, he must not see that little chap who follows me. But after all, it's easier that brighter road to climb with little hands behind me to push me all the time. And I reckon I'm a better man than what I used to be because I have this lad at home who thinks the world of me. And there's an understanding then that somebody is always watching. As a pastor, somebody is always watching. And so we can either rebel against that and struggle against that as fathers and as mothers. Or we can embrace that and yet we have to embrace way, way, way more than what that poem says. As Christian parents, we have more to lead our children in and to than that. Because we must follow Christ, and we must lead them to him. And so knowing that they're watching, and our kids see way more than we give them credit for, we must be humbled and reminded of promises that we all made standing in similar way to how Davis and Anna did this morning. Claiming same promises, committing ourselves to the same, doing all that we can to teach them this doctrine of salvation. And I say to you this morning, that is a way of following. If you're just going to speak it and not live it so they don't see the base in you, that's called being a hypocrite. We don't need any more of those in the life of the church. What we call our followers. Our little girls and boys are always being taught to follow someone or something, will you lead them to follow Jesus? I didn't say save them, we can't. Oh, how I wish we could. But you lead them to him. You follow him. You follow with all you are, delighting in rich fellowship with him. And Psalm 84 then speaks to that kind of longing. That's where we want to go. That's who we want to follow after. We want to seek together the presence of God. And so we speak a word to Davis and Anna and Dawson this morning, but a word for all followers of Christ who seek to lead another generation of followers, those loved by God and precious to him. And so in a deep longing for God, we seek to lead our little fellows to follow the Lord in faith and trust. That's our call. And so we lead them into the three things that are outlined for us in Psalm 84. The first is this, lead him to your home. And not just the joy of taking your son or your daughter into your house the first time and you say, they let us take them home, and now what? Right? That's certainly a part of what that is. But home is the place that you've established, that you've built together. It's where you long to be. It's where we gather in relationship to be nurtured and to grow and to learn what it is to to follow the Lord. And so how much more in this place, how much more should we be teaching and exampling and more leading our children in joy to the house of the Lord, to fellowship with these people in truth and in praise? Because this is home. This is family. We know it's good to be near God. We know we want to be where He is. So are we leading our children in that? Or are we saying that anything or anything else, anywhere else, is more important than the house of the Lord? Are we leading our children in a right desire to follow the Lord and enter that house? Is it coming out in how you live and in how you speak? Verse 1, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. I mean for those of you who have someone into your home and they're like, "Oh, this is lovely and oh, this is beautiful and oh, where you got that?" and you're like, Ooh. right, we love that. What we're saying to God is what? How lovely. How beautiful. How well adorned. Your home is dear and beloved to us because of what happens here, because you meet us here. Literally, you set up your tent. You set up your tabernacle here. You dwell with us. So lead me and my children to delight in gathering in the promise of your word. It says in Psalm 43, send out your light and your truth, let them lead me, let them bring me to your holy hill and your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with a lyre, O God, my God. Lead them, lead your children in a joy that they can understand and follow. How? Verse 2, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. I mean, we'll tell our kids, oh man, I'm so hungry I could eat a house. I, I, I need something that's going to satisfy me. Something more than a Snickers or a bag of Lay's, right? I, I need something. And it's here. It's in the house of the Lord that I can find the only thing that satisfies. Are we sharing that longing in a better, in a more profound way than I'm hungry or I'm thirsty or I'm Whatever. Psalm 42, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants. It is the deepest longing, the the greatest hungering and thirsting for the Lord. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, because nothing else compares with Him. Oh, dad, oh, mom, do we have to go to church again? We get to go to church again. And I can't wait to hear what God's prepared for me. And I can't wait to be with his people. And there is something that I get there that we can't, son or daughter, find anywhere else. And so let's pray for that longing. Do we long for it? Is he the plain desire of your heart and life and does it drive you? And those you lead to giving every thought and action to draw near to him. To knowing him more deeply. To following him more nearly. To loving him more deeply. Lead your children in prayer that he would give you hearts that long for home and for him. Because it's the place where my heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Because he's alive and he's with us. Because he's right here with us as we worship. He's present as we gather in his name. It's the joy that is ours in coming to know and draw near to his presence. But also our safety in it. Do you think about that? We're coming before a holy God. We're not coming before a mountain that is smoking and firing. Firing and and threatening to undo us. No. Verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. The birds of the air aren't afraid to dwell near the presence of God and to leave their young there. So are we ready? Do we know the safety and the security and blessing and privilege that it is to come here without worry or without doubt because we are built on promises in Christ? He's our blessing. So lead your children to follow you, to dwelling in the only one who is all your blessing, to dwell in his mercy and grace and love because that's their blessing. There's no other blessing outside of that. Verse 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. And so here is the first of three Beatitudes in the psalm. For the psalmist desires the blessing of nearness. I want to be home. I just want to go home. He wants to be home, but he can't right now. It only adds to his longing. I just want to go home. I want to praise you. That, kids, there are some of those times where maybe you've gone on a vacation, maybe you're going camping, or your dad wants to take you on a tour of Civil War battlefields that you're really jacked up for, and you go out on this trip, and you're out there, and and about day two, hopefully, Mom and Dad, when are we going to go home? I I, I just want to go home. I just want to be home. Maybe your parents have already said that after hour two. I just want to be home. Here's the desire of the psalm. As Dorothy so aptly puts it, there is no place like home. That's where this psalm comes. I want to be here of knowing God's presence in his house. Psalm 65, four: blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell, to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. So lead your child, lead your children to find all your blessing and home in the midst of his people more in your Lord and Savior, your home, Jesus Christ. Second, lead them to your help. Lead them to your help. And such leading is easier in times of goodness and joy, but it's not always going to be like that. No one's life is just roses and peaches and cream all day. But what I want to say to you parents is this. Your children are watching. How are you leading? How are you responding to those difficulties and struggles and adversity? How are you dealing with it in those moments where you feel far from home and life is hard? Your little fellows will follow you in the responses you make. If your satisfaction isn't in the Lord, they're not going to be satisfied with him either. If you hate the house of the Lord, so will your kids. You want to talk ill of his word? That's how they're going to talk too. So you need to be led and more, you need to lead your children to follow you to the God who is your refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And hear this, parents, your children don't need you to be strong when you're not. They don't need you to know everything when you don't. They don't need you to control everything when you can't. Show them an example that says, I know. I know I can't, I'm weak just like you are, and we are both in need of a great and strong Savior. And to know that is the second beatitude in the psalm, verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Blessing doesn't come by our strength, salvation doesn't come by our works. And so as you lead your kids to understand the true and lasting happiness that is found in In knowing him, in knowing the one in whom they can do all things through him who strengthens them, might they know, I need to come to Jesus. And that wonderful picture here of that highway, that highway being the smoothest road and hopefully the most direct route, the fastest route to where you're going, blessed are those whose highways are to Zion. That that way to him would be shown by way of your example and leading to be so worn and so smooth because you've exampled a dependence upon the Lord. Help them to know that the one you follow is strong and kind. That he's always available to hear our prayers. That he's always willing to act upon them. That he's always drawing near to us as we draw near to him. For if the Lord is your help, then remind them of how often he helps you and sustains you even in those hard things. Verse 6, as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rains also cover it with pools. Now here, young people, Baca isn't an actual place, but it speaks of an experience in the dry wilderness, an experience of suffering and exile. And so it's in those moments, which are the most difficult, where we feel alone and separated from his people. Where we call our children to follow us into desiring to know God's goodness and mercy. That it's in those moments where your discipleship is going to lead them to the rock that is higher than you and I. It's going to be to the God of Psalm 63, 1, O oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water, that we will be led not away from him but to seek him more intently, to realize that he gives us, as one commentator says, the faith which dares to dig blessings out of hardships, that he will bring blessings even in the midst of our most terrible hardships, our deepest struggles and valleys. Even in the knowledge that when it rains, the valleys fill first. We follow after this God. We lead our children to this God, calling them to this faith and trust. Helping them to know, even as we know, that when we are weak, then we are strong. Verse 7, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. For when our strength is found in God in every circumstance, even in our weakness and full dependence upon the Lord, we can be assured he's bringing us into his presence. And afterwards, he's going to take us to his presence forever in glory. So lead him to know your dependence upon God. Show that way of dependence in all things. Show him what that means. That when Dawson struggles, or when our children struggle, when the children of our church struggle, we should be able to lead them to our strength. Isaiah 40, even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. And you're like, well, how do we do that? Pray with your children. Pray with your children. Davis and Anna always be praying with Dawson. Fathers and mothers of our church, pray with your children. Older members of this church, these children are your children. Pray with those children. Lead them to your faithful intercessor. Lead them to your faithful Lord. Verse 8 O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. Lead them to the one strong and mighty to save. Lead them to the commander of all the heavenly angel armies. Lead them to one strong in promises, in every one of those promises he has made and kept in his covenant. He is your protection. He is your blessing. Even as it says in Psalm 3 verse 3, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Each of you in Christ have been anointed by Him in the name of His Son and the power of His Spirit, not only to know that, but to live that. Gifted the fullness of His blessing for from His fullness, John 1:16, we have all received grace upon grace. Lead your children to that. Daily lead them to that. Moment by moment lead them to that. Call Him. Help me, Father, to follow you. To follow the one who has named me and claimed me and kept me and will have me forever. And that's what we do in the third place then. Lead them to your hope. Lead your children to your hope. Because this will be the way you lead him to follow you as you seek to find your all in Jesus. The thing you hope for is the thing you long to have in full. So lead your child to know that you speak and live as one whose hope is found in one who is better than any of the unrighteousness this world could afford. Hear that hope as Paul writes in Philippians 3.8, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, as garbage that I may know Christ. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is one day we will be in the courts with Christ forevermore. Our hope is in Christ and the truth that every promise he has made that will be kept. Our hope is that we will be brought to our eternal home. As you follow Christ in that kind of hope, in that kind of longing, lead your children to that comfort. Lead them to that hope. lead them to know the comfort of the same, of finding all their hope in the person and presence of Jesus. And where are you going to do that? Here. Yes, we know eternally, but right now we have a taste of the eternal Sabbath, don't we? Verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Hear the psalmist longing is fulfilled. It's here where our longing should be fulfilled. And it shouldn't be substituted for the junk of the world. Oh, they're just going to miss eight weeks for Sunday soccer. Oh, we're, we're just going to miss all year or all summer because we're gone. What, what are you doing? What are you showing them? Other than that, that sport in that place is more important than the house of the Lord. One thing have I asked of the Lord, Psalm 27, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Are we leading our children in that desire? Are we actually showing that to them? are we letting a bunch of garbage excuses and other garbage that we're living for get in the way of the all-surpassing knowledge of Christ? Are you leading your children to the truth that you'd rather have God and have nothing else rather than have a comfortable place with the wicked? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? and there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. That if our hope is found in one faithful to sanctify us and cause us to grow in greater dependence upon him, then we're going to be led to and lead others to our hope. This this is it. This is all of it. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, one who illuminates our darkness and protects us from all that comes against us. But notice he is that. He is our hope. It says in Isaiah 60, the sun shall no more be your light by day, for your brightness shall the moon nor for brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning will be ended. Your hope is fully found that the Lord bestows favor and honor. He is he who gives the only blessing and happiness that is true in that last. He's it. If you're leading your kids to try to find that comfort or hope in any other thing, you're doing them a huge disservice at best. His word is the thing. His son is the thing. Lead them in a way of thankfulness to God for Jesus' blood and righteousness, for his good and perfect gift. For no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Well, but I don't have those things that they have and all I have is this. You have the best Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good things. Psalm 34. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not only also with him graciously give us all things? Romans 8. This is what we believe. Are we living it? Are we speaking it? And yet in leading your children to that hope then, what are you also leading them in? Self-examination. You're leading them in contrition. You're showing them a way of repentance. Son, daughter, I give myself to all the wrong things. I give myself to what my eyes see, what my heart lusts after. This is my brokenness too. But here is a great redeemer. Here is the one of my longing and salvation. Are we leading our families into a walk of faithfulness? Because if we will not follow after our hope, we will know no blessing. That is a life of sin. Jeremiah 5.25, your iniquities have turned turned these away, and your sins have kept good from you. But parents, it's not too late. It's never too late. You have an opportunity to fall to your knees even this day. And say, Father, I know the promises that I made. And I may have fallen short. And I may not have led them to the right things. But you have still given me a mouth and you've given me a relationship. And you've given me a heart for my children that will speak to them of my hope. Are we willing to lead? And they may not follow. That isn't on you but you are called to lead. And you lead them to the hope in one who can be trusted always and whom has found every happiness and thanks. Verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. It's the only way. Brothers and sisters, we have little fellows, boys and girls, who are watching us to see what our hope is in and who our hope is in. And so will we live and speak out of a testimony that says God is all our home and all our help and all our hope? Are we going to say that Jesus Christ is our strong and faithful Savior? We're going to pray for Davis and Anna that they lead Dawson to follow that and to live that. But for all of us, Let's lead our children as we follow the leading and truth of the Lord in longing to draw near to God always, leading them each day to live in a delightfully blessed trust as we follow Jesus. Amen. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the calling of that word and for the deep truth that it brings before us. Lord, we long for you. And yet we confess to you how many things get in the way. What we busy ourselves with, what we're given to, longing for things that are the junk of this world that doesn't matter at the end of the day or certainly at the end of time. Father, we're critical of that which you give to us. And so we ask, Lord, that by your word and Holy Spirit, you would work in us a deeper longing and a greater love and a more ardent hope. That we would recommit ourselves to that life of following, that life of exampling, that life of leading that you call us to as fathers and mothers. That you would give us the grace that we need to do just that, to recognize that we're not going to save our kids, that we don't get to lead them to that place, but we lead them to you, and you will do what you will do in your will, in your way for your glory, but we will trust, we will trust in you, and in the way that you've called us to live in dependence upon Christ, and in the empowering of the Word and Holy Spirit. And so, Father, may we cling to this hope. May it come out of every fiber of our being and every interaction we have. And so, Lord, would you equip us, would you provide for us as a church to be able to continue that witness one to another. And so, Father, as we give our offerings to you for the life of this church and its general fund, Father, use our deacons Use us, Father, in the ministries we are a part of here in this place to seek in faithfulness to raise another generation, Lord, of those who love you and find all of their hope in you. Father, hear us. Work in us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.